Yeah, it's the Rap Radar Podcast. My name is B-Dot. Elliot Wilson. What's up, B? Feeling good, man. Yo, this guy, man, I heard you liked this album a lot, man. It's an album of the year contender. Really? I think so. It's my favorite project from him, too, man. It's our guy, man. Joey Badass on the Rap Radar Podcast. What's up, baby? Joey Thank Badass. You, Thank you. Or Jovan. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations man. on the project, man. Appreciate How does it feel? That. It feels like the reception has been unanimous so far, right? Absolutely. I mean, it feels great for me, you know, coming on five years. Not releasing any music is like a big weight lifted off of my shoulders, mm. you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's inspiring, too, to see everybody receive it so well. But also for me, it's like in that five-year gap, I almost forgot what it felt like, that that transfer of energy to give mm. people music and for them to respond in a way where it's like, yo, I love, like, you know, what you said here and this track is doing these certain things for me, you know what I mean? So... Now it just kind of got me motivated to keep it going. Right. You know I, I remember on the Light Pack EP, you said that your inner light was dimming, but you feel like you got your mojo dripped back, right? Yeah. Like, how did you find yourself during that time? So, um, you know, around that time, that was in the midst of the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I felt like after I put out my last album, All American Badass, that was 2017. The yeah. next year I had my first child my daughter Indigo Rain. Um, you know, things just started to kind of, well, things never slowed down for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And at that point in my life, it was like, okay, now I got a kid. And a lot of things started clicking for me. A lot of things started changing. And fast forward two years later, uh, when the pandemic hit, it was like, that was the first time in my life where I actually got to sit down in my adult life, mm -hmm. where I got to actually sit down. Cause I've been like, I hit the ground running since I was 17 years old. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't been home for a six month, four, four to six month period since I was 17. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So- Pro-Air hit uses off and running. Yeah, it was like shows, tours, back to back, just traveling, doing this, doing that. It was never no moment of stillness really, like no mm. real true moment. So when I got that, I started to realize um, a lot of, you know, things that I was burying. I started to, do some inner work, you know what I mean? And gotcha. um, find myself again, because also through all of those events, I also lost two very close people mm -hmm. to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there was a lot of grieving that I've never done. There was a lot of trauma from that, that I had buried deep. I've never took that time to like, you know what I'm saying? Like really go into myself because I was so in the move. So I was mm -hmm. able to be distracted. I was able to put that stuff off yeah. for a minute. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, 2020 came, I finally got that peace, I finally got that stillness. You know, I found, it felt like I found my light again. You mm. know what I'm saying? It felt like I found, um, and, and I don't, not to say that I ever necessarily lost it, but it just kind of got clouded. Gotcha. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Was there a specific approach you had in mind when you attacked 2000? Because to me, there's so much energy from like the first couple tracks, like you just, you're in your bag and it's like, it's so, sort of like, it feels, there's very urgency with right. it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, this album, I really wanted to, like I wanted to feel like I wanted it to feel like how I feel right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I went through many phases over the last five years. Like the first two albums I was working on, they had a really dark undertone because I was depressed. Mm. You know what I mean? Like with 2000, this is me fully in my light. Like you know what I'm saying? The depression is over. Like mm. I, I've mm -hmm. walked out of that. I yeah. I beat that. There's so much songs too that I've made in that era that which I'm still so emotionally attracted to, but I couldn't put it on this album. Okay. Because I wanted people to feel where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, part of that is like like this is an abundant album. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm living in that energy. I'm living in that 
headspace. This is my lifestyle. This is my life. You it's know crazy when I was listening to some of your early music, like how how your flows change and like how mm -hmm. this this project you sound like to me very like poised and polished and precise, like right. with, the, with the bars. Like, yeah. Can you speak about that? Like your your improvement as a lyricist? Well, you know, over the years, you know, over these last five years, I've done a lot of experimenting, mm. but I would say, you know, what might be true to sound for a lot of my listeners is uh, that traditional rap style, mm. you know what I'm saying, that showcases all over 2000. So over these last couple of years, like, I haven't missed a single moment on that. I've been mm. developing my skill developing my style while still experimenting uh, as an artist and like, you know, trying yeah. out new sounds and new things. But I mean, listen, I'm, I'm somebody who you call a self-improvement junkie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, like I'm always gonna push my pen. Even after 2000, like right now I'm in a space where I'm even more inspired and it's like, I, st I started journaling now. Mm -hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm kind of observing the ways how that's pushing my pen as well, just on a more like, detailed aspect and uh, a more self-aware aspect, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Obviously, 2000 is the sequel to 1999, your breakout mixtape. And uh, back in June, there was some delay over sample issues, right? You said yeah. a lot of people thought that was pushed back because of the Drake album. Right. Um, honestly, never mind. Like, what was this issue with the song clearance? So, all right. If I'm being completely um, honest because I don't really know how to not be. <laughs> right. and, That's know, great for a guest to the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yes. you know, um, well, you know, first off, it had nothing to do with Drake. We had no idea that Drake was even coming, just like the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What really happened, and I'm, um, you know, Goo, forgive me for saying this if this is like out of pocket, but young you know, Guru. Young yeah. Guru, you know, he was mixing the album and um, his father passed. Mm. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And, um, he had to deal with that. Yes. And yeah, I was I mean, not about yeah. to, you know, put any Respect pressure that. on him or like, you know, and I wanted him to mix that out. Mm. So, you know, I could have got somebody else to mix it, but I just decided to wait for him. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna take the heat. Sample yeah. clearances, boom, boom, boom. Gotcha. Then the Drake thing happened, it happened to be convenient. It yeah, happened yeah, to kind of yeah. work in my favor. Right. Cause yeah. I got a whole press <laughs> run off of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So like, it worked out. It worked out yeah. and I ain't gonna lie, like I'm glad that it did, I'm glad that we did do that. Like I, I believe everything happens for a Take reason. Take that extra time. Yeah, right. and I feel like he gave it that extra time for me to create that buzz, for me to kind of roll it out, for me to get the hype up, you know what I'm saying? And Cause we were just gonna drop it like right on his head. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Boom, here's the album. Yeah. But I, I, I like that we pushed it back and then you know what I'm saying, we dropped some joints before it and everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think about, that was just the We right hear way. about the guru touch, like but what, what in your opinion makes him so special in terms of like the mixing and the mastering? Like Well, you know, to be honest, from my perspective, like, you know, I've always thought what he done was amazing. But for me, like I'm a rapport guy, mm -hmm. I'm an energy guy, yeah, and yeah. I've always ran into Goo over the years, and like you know, it'd be a massive like mutual respect and like connection. We always spoke about working. Mm. So when I knew that this was the project I was coming with, I'm like, y'all can't think of a better person to right. do this with. You yeah. know what I mean? And I hit him up, and it, was, it just aligned just like that. Another person that brought the energy is Diddy. He's the first voice oh, yeah. you hear yeah. on 2000. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why do you want him to set the tone for the album? Wearing the shirt, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Take that, it's take, that. take that, take that. He's almost like the narrator in a way. He's somebody who I've built a really strong relationship with over the last couple of years, and he's somebody who's definitely pushed my pen, uh, pushed me past barriers and repeatedly challenges me, you know what I'm saying? So 
once I I had the whole album, the on, that that was actually the last song I recorded for the album. Oh, the intro. Yeah, the was intro. the last. Nah, song. I recorded the that in, um, we recorded that like the last week of May. Okay. Mm. You know, and um, it was a vision that I had. I wanted to create this kind of motif for the album where it was like kind of jazz clubby, and mm. that would like I wanted the intro to kind of lay that, and then the tra- the skits and the transitions mm. would kind of follow that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yo, Puff is the best person to set that tone, right. you know what I mean? And he just, I just kind of hit him up one day because I was in LA finishing it, and he just pulled up. <laughs> he pulled yeah. up with a sommelier. A sommelier. But instead of serving wine, he was serving uh, De Leon. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what was those sessions like? Were you encouraging him to, to pop his Puff Daddy shit? Like, oh yeah, he was like, yo, do a take, be me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I did it for him like the way that I wanted him to do it. You know? yeah. It's actually on my Instagram. It's like a little uh, clip you know, of the <laughs> making of that joint. And then he just did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He understood the vision right away. And, mm-hmm. he, and he just got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he trusted me. You know what I'm saying? Like he he hasn't heard it until it came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what did he, he say about it when he heard it? He loves it. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He loved it, man. He loved it. Yeah, he got Nas on there, too. Like, why was it all supported to get him on there? He's so, calling you by your government, man. Joe Biden. I don't know, which was crazy. And it, it was... So I, I'll tell you the, the, the whole story about that, which is kind of a little bit bugged out. But, that's um, on Cruise Control. Yeah, that's yeah. at the end of Cruise Control. So originally, I wanted Nas on Want to Be Love. You mm-hmm. know, he was supposed to uh, cut that for me. But, you know, schedules and everything, um, he couldn't get around to it. So we actually had a show. We had a festival in Poland together. Wow. It's just me and Nas in his dressing room. We chopping it up for hours. We talk about all types of shit. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of uh, the right time to bring back up the track that I need you for. <laughs> <laughs> right. So eventually I'm like, yo, bro, listen. Whatever. You can't do the verse. Cool. But I need your presence on this joint. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I got this idea, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm approaching the album like this, if you could just say some words. Boom, boom. He said, Bat, got you. He sent it back. And that was that. Just like that. Yeah. He's also the one that told you the head high was the, the mm-hmm, single, right? Mm-hmm. Was that the same time or was it a little before? No, 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 no. This was two separate times. Okay. That was uh that was probably in March. That mm-hmm. was uh like yeah, winter time, New York City. I think, yeah, that was when we did the the podcast for his joint women's info. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, having, like you said, New York City, having like Puff and Nas and Nas to all that, like, how important is it to rep New York City in the hip hop landscape? It seems very I mean, like you're repping for New York and New York spot in the game right now. For me, it's very important because it's like, at 27, you know, the third album of my career is like, I'm looking at this whole shit different. It's like, you know, you got artists and you got listeners, but you also got product and you got consumer. And I feel like, me understanding my brand identity is like New York, like people listen to music for escapism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like your music gotta be able to take them somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I just so happen to be that New York guy for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's also branded in me, like it's, it's authentic, like it's real. So yeah. me understanding that, I definitely wanted to drill in that a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? That's why I like my, my stuff goes so crazy overseas. Cause they listen to my shit and they they teleport themselves to the best city in the world. Mm. You know what I mean? So I feel like that element is always gonna be present in my music. You know what I mean? Like it's where I'm from. It's also just the mecca right. of the world. Like it's an honor, it's a badge of honor. Absolutely. And not only am I from New York, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Queens guys out, Joey. You're biased. <laughs> oh, well, unique is from Queens, so you know. <laughs> I also saw you t- uh, tweeted back in May that you said you found your Quincy Jones is over for you niggas. Who's that Quincy Jones for you for this album? It's like a combination, niggas. I ain't gonna lie. It's like 
So shout out to my boy Chris McClenny. Mm-hmm. He just came on as pretty much my musical director on mm-hmm. my last tour. You know what I mean? Um, he was very present on this album as well. He did the intro okay. and all of the transitional skits in between with the keys. Um, my boy Eric Arg Elliott. No, Eric, which is a monster. He also co-produced the joint with um with Chris. Um, Static Select. Static yeah, Select. Static. <laughs> Why is, I feel Static Select is very underrated, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of just how much, you know, yeah. impact he has. Like, is, the touches on the album, like, yeah. the segues, the sequencing and stuff. You well, know, production. this decade is going to change. Yes, yeah, sir. He's going to run this decade, is dope. for sure. It feels like you yeah. guys, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of work together, but for this project, it feels like you guys took it to a whole nother level. Absolutely, absolutely. Was like, the chemistry different this time around? Nah, like, our chemistry <laughs> is always the same. It's just, you got, like, it's it just, we took a five-year gap and still, okay, so boom. Static is somebody who, Static is like my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be out in the world. I'll be working with everybody. I'll go to Atlanta, work with everybody. Go to L.A., work with everybody. Then I come home, and it's like, with Static, I just go over there by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm pulling up to the studio. You mm-hmm. over there? All right, cool. Yeah. And it's just me and Static in the room. And we'll do that probably, like, three to four times a year mm-hmm. and come out with, like, ten tracks a year by just those random link-ups, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, And we used to do way more when he was actually my um, tour DJ. We would just be on the road cutting shit up. But we'll do that in t- 10 <laughs> by five years. Yeah. It's like 50 records we just had, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's wow. like, it's so easy for us to tune in because we just got that chemistry. We got that rapport, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, yeah, it's like, it's, it's clockwork. It's a great creative space for you. Yeah, it's like, if every time I go to Static Crib, we're we, we, we making, we making something, right. yeah. you know what I mean? Something that's definitely going to stand out, be one of those ones. Like, it's just kind of inevitable, because the thing is, his work ethic is so crazy that he always just got one of those beats, mm. or two of those beats, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I'll go in one sitting, it's like, all right, boom, and we're going to do it right on the spot. Yeah. And listening to the album, seems like you're also embracing your role as this like elder statesman in the game. Like you mentioned, you, you came in at 17, wow. 10 years in. Like, is that fair to say? Like, on zip codes, you say 10 years killing the game. I'm really good with it, nigga. Like, yeah. do you, are you embracing that? Uh, Absolutely. That role? Absolutely. You know, um, every day more and more too. It's like, um, especially to meet these uh, newer artists coming into the game. It's like, you know, they giving me my flowers. Like, yo, I've been listening since then. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like. I paved the way for a lot of these young artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I remember when I first met Lil Uzi Vert, he said, yo, bro, you showed me that I could do this shit. That's crazy. I saw your video on MTV, Sucker Free. Mm. I saw you like the same age as me. Like, you made me think it was possible. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, quote me, God strike me if I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? Ask him. Right. <laughs> you feel me? Like, and he's not the only one. You know what I'm mm. saying? Recipes to my brother X. Recipes to Juice World. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they all have given me my flowers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm definitely, um, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm yeah. just walking into that. I can't I can't deny it. I can't, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It's, and also, it's like, the work is there, the wisdom is there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the knowledge is there, the character is there. It's, yeah. it's all there. On Head Eye, you speak on X. Like, what, what compelled you to share? That, that interaction you had with Well, him. man, I just think he was a really special dude, you know what I'm saying? And I really did appreciate that time that we spent together. I flew to Miami to work with him for a couple of days while he was on house arrest. And it's like, you know, we really connected. We the same sign, mm-hmm. Aquarius. Uh, we found the chemistry real quick, you know what I'm saying? And even before that, like, we used to just 
speak. It was like we was pen pals or some <laughs> shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I was somebody he he looked up to. You know what I mean? So you hit me up and we would just chop it up about whatever. You know what I'm saying? And that was that was just my homie, man. That was my that's my little bro for real. You know? You yeah. said you told him what his album was missing. What what was it missing? It was missing. <laughs> it's missing me. Yeah, it's you, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, it's no Joey B. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of like what it was. Like what I told him because I was a big fan of Seventeen, his first album. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like he didn't have nothing in the vein of Jocelyn Floors or Everybody Dies in Their Nightmares. Mm-hmm. So we made Infinity right then and there, and then he made um, Remedy for a Broken Heart. Wow. Right after I left, like mm-hmm. he was inspired type shit. You know what I'm saying? So. That was it. He added those two in. But that's dope to get it. Yeah. Be able to have that conversation and be kind of critical of a peer and like. No, that's a fact. Because I, w- I would want somebody to do the same thing for me. I was going to say, you has that ever I mean? happened to you when you oh, felt yeah, like you even got on, Even on this album, like my brother Jed, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah, like, yo, you got to put a female on this record right here. You got to just have her sing the vocals. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On the joint that we did and on Cruise Control, he told me mm-hmm. that for. You know what I mean? And my brother Absol, same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> solo funny though. He's like, yo. We thought you was. You <laughs> were telling me like when like when when him and Dot had her revenge, like they thought that um I was out of here. <laughs> it was like yeah, we thought you was like fuck it. <laughs> we going big on big. He's like yo, we wasn't mad at you though. Yeah. But when I played him the album, he's like yo, but I'm happy that this is the album. Well, I was mad you know at you because I saw you said that you was didn't like a lot of the. Uh, Backlash you got with Devastated. Like, I right. love Devastated. Devastated's a like, great right, record. Right, right. Like, talk about making a great record like that. And then sometimes people try to pull you and say, well, we want right. this sort of essence from you. Like, so boom, Devastated. Like, what I realized is, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist, artist. You know what I mean? Anybody around me can tell you that. Like, I will, I got range like a mm-hmm. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. However, it doesn't matter to your consumers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're used to, all right, it's like going to your favorite restaurant. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the dish is the fettuccine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you close down. So you close down for like two weeks. You come back. Mm-hmm. Your clientele is lined up. And you ain't got the fettuccine on your menu. Mm. What the fuck you think we're coming here for? Right. We don't want the tagliatelle. <laughs> we don't want the rigatoni. Big right. talk. You talking that big talk. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we want the fettuccine. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like that was the first. That was me seeing that for the first time. Wow. Like wow. I thought that. I thought what was so ill was yo, h- how I could make this song and it's so different from any song I've ever made and yeah. it could be this big song. Like I, everybody I praise that. And, and I know there's a lot of my fans who do praise that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. for the most part, the majority, they had a disconnect to that song because they didn't see my identity in it. Mm. They didn't see my identity mm. in the sound. They yeah. didn't see the same guy that they fell in love with in that sound, you know mm. what I'm saying? Which is understandable to mm-hmm. me now. Like yeah. I could process that thought. Yo, that's the show because there's a lot of artists now. The younger artists that come in, they'll make a big record, but you don't really connect to who they are yet. You yeah. just love the record. Exactly. You have built the era you're from, the generation, you know, whether it was Cole, Drake, yeah. you know, you guys, Kendrick, you built your identity. Not for sure. Off the rip. Before you, I, made, before you made hit records, you had built an identity. The gift is the curse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. The gift is the curse, you know what I mean? But it's a different uh, understanding when you have that awareness. It's like, okay, cool. Like, this is a hit album. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference between the record and, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. How much pride do you take? Because you, you do the Jay-Z elements of, like, who's the best MC, Kenny Cole, you know, mm-hmm. you or Cole. Like, how proud are you being from that generation of hip-hop? How proud? Yeah. Very. You know, very. Like, I feel like 
What made it special to you? Like, because we we always draw up the Drake Cole Kendrick narrative. You. What made it special like that. is that we brought rapping, rapping back to the game at a time where it was just kind of. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was if rap was really mainstream. It was, you know, we had greats like Lil Wayne, Jay Z, Kanye West, of course, but these guys were mainstream. Mm -hmm. Like we brought the underground back. Yeah, we literally were the underground movement yeah, of yeah. the time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we were the guys. Like, oh, these guys are next up. These guys is giving these guys up top the pressure. Yeah, you saw Kendrick. You know Kendrick put a rare IG up yesterday. Says forever underground infiltrating the mainstream. Word up, word yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's been. You know, mm -hmm. that's what it always was. You mentioned them on the baddest, you know, Cole and uh, Kendrick. Like, do you feel like those are your only competition right now? J.I.D. J.I.D. And that's my brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Jed, yeah. Denzel, you know what I mean? These guys are consistent in their crap. Smino. You said X brought out the competitiveness in you, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Rest in peace, my dog, of mm -hmm. course. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. These guys are all, like, in that mindset. Mm want to be the best. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I keep them close. No, no, but those are really my yeah. brothers, though. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? And it's like, it, it reminds me of back in the days, mm. me, Steez, and CJ. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, yeah, like, you want to be close to the competition because that's how you stay on your It's dope your to hear joint. you say that because a lot of artists don't feel like they have that competitiveness. Yeah, anymore, I mean, right? it's because a lot of artists don't want to give other artists, you know what I'm saying, like mm. the... The grace or yeah. the flowers Pub or the respect publicly, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, yo, we are all intertwined anyway. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether somebody speaks on it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just keeping it real. But these are also my guys, you know what I'm saying? That lyric stood out to me. You say, I'm taking steps to be the best till they lay me to rest. All day. So I want like, what did those steps look like for you? Man, just constant elevation. Mm. Constant elevation, you know what I mean? Just always challenging myself, pushing myself to do things that I've never done. And even if I got to reinvent the wheel, to do it better, you know mm. what I'm saying? To do it stronger and shit like that. Yeah. How did you find a balance from the, you know, a lot of times we see hip hop, somebody's acting thing takes off. It's hard to get back to that music, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, mm -hmm. How were you able to like find that balance? It's just alignment, really. Like, uh, I don't know, to be honest. I just always had a interest for TV and film. I got that first opportunity, knocked it out the park, and it just kind of been a snowball effect from there. At the same time, still on my music career, you know, I just feel like this is this is kind of the first time we've seen it done in this new generation. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost like writing the blueprint right now, okay. yeah, live. Right. You know what I mean? In real time, I'm writing the blueprint on how to do that. Um, I'm still figuring this shit out, but it's yeah. just I'm just letting it flow. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm kind of just rolling with the punches. But one thing I will say when it comes to TV and film, like I'm very particular about what I do accept, what I do take on. Because one, I do have another career. I have a reputation, you know what I'm saying, that I don't want to tarnish. So I got to be super selective with roles that I'm taking in right. TV and film. Like I can't be out here like playing like a ballerina. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ballerina badass? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, just, you know, certain roles you did. Yeah. Like, I read you were supposed to be in Harder Day Fall, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Shout out to um, my man James. Yeah, we was uh, trying to make that work out during the pandemic, but with the pandemic plus me filming for Raising Canaan, mm, we yeah. couldn't do it. And 50 yeah, Cent giving you two M's, how you supposed to act, right? <laughs> I mean, you see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that role was like a $2 million role. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's a long mm-hmm. neighborhood. You do touch on. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of money, a little bit of money yeah, talk. A lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also you also bring up like stocks and stuff like that. Yeah. Like talk about that transition of like you know everybody wants to get the bag right, but then right. with the bag comes responsibility. It seems right. like you kind of touch on that a little bit about right. you know how financial stability has kind of changed your life. Well, and, yeah, you know I'm big on financial stability, financial literacy, financial freedom. You know what I mean? Um, and since uh, from a young age, starting my stock portfolio early, my investment portfolio uh, early, you know what I mean? Uh, having conversations with certain people, you know what I'm saying? Networking with the right people and things like that. Reading books, mm. doing my own knowledge, doing my own research. That's um, like, yeah, you know, we're at a point now where, you know, we could splurge and we could have fun. But the mentality is always making the right and safe moves mm. and investment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on cruise control, yeah. you kind of touch on that a little bit. Like you feel like there's a lot of hanger-ons surrounding you and like people that are just latching on to what we used to do, you know, not necessarily being a part of your life today, right? right. Like I think there was that lyric, it was like a lot of people thought that they were there for me, they were just in the way. So how do you like navigate and like kind of filter out those people that are in the way? That's a great question. Uh, it's something that I learned with time. You know what I mean? It just, energy is 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 the first thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. got to pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people mm-hmm. or once you leave certain people or once you have a certain exchange with certain people. Do you feel robbed? Do you feel liberated? Mm-hmm. Do you feel positive? Do you feel negative? So me starting to pay attention to things like that and just kind of cleaning up my circle and tightening it up and, um, you know, really seeing people for if they was taking something from me mm-hmm. or if they was contributing and it was a mutual thing. You know, and um, just learning my discern, building my discernment from that. It's definitely, like I said, something that happened over time because, you know, you got trials and tribulations. Like, you learn things about people. Um, One of my recent lessons is love ain't enough. Love ain't enough. Like, love ain't enough for me to bend over backwards. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, at first, maybe, but after a while, like, nah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's 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 a it's a boundary you gotta set after a while. It's a breaking point. Gotcha. Yeah, but love just ain't enough. I know you had a spiritual awakening uh, back in June of 2020. And on the album, you say you, you meditate every day. Like, how has that helped you? It helps me a lot. I actually don't meditate every day. I try to okay. <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> intentionally, like you know, I, I want to meditate every day. That's kind of like a manifestation. Okay. <laughs> At the point I was though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I definitely when I wrote that song, I was. But it's it's hard to find that stillness and that peace when you're so on the move. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I've been nonstop since May, and I'm just getting back home, like, off a tour, you know, trying to find that stillness and everything. But um, it's very important, man, because you got to be able to slow down time a little Mm. bit and really premeditate Mm -hmm. things that you want to do and decisions that you want to make because when you're just living on the pulse Mm -hmm. all the time, it's... um, so it's like a, a bunch of doors, mm-hmm. you know? And if, you, if you're living on the pulse every time, like you, you ain't got time to really consider which door is, is necessarily the best to take. Mm-hmm. You just, so, so instead of it being five doors, it's just two. Just two, okay. And you just going, you know what I'm saying? Right. Choose left or right, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's important because you, you, you get to maximize opportunities that way. You got to take that stillness. You got to have that moment of clarity because also if you're burnt out, that don't serve anybody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't do anything to the best of your ability if you're not feeling your best self. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't give nothing your hundred percent. Right. So whatever it is, you know what I mean? Shit, you you, you show up to work like beat out not a hundred percent, 
this rap radar interview. It's kind of like, right. like Elliot was good, but I don't know what was wrong with beat out today. Off game. Yeah. Off game he needed he, he need a massage or something. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm sure having, you know, your daughter, it centers you as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not only did it center me, but like, it really uh, softened me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It made me much more patient, mm-hmm. much more gentle and delicate in my approach. Yeah. Already on the stars, you said that was the wake up, right? It was a wake up because that was at a point in my life where I was taking care of so many people and I thought that I had to. Like, I thought it was my absolute responsibility. So when I had my kid, it was like, oh shit, I only got one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know one what I'm saying? I, really was, yeah, for was, I only got one person that I'm really actually obligated to provide for and it was a big wake up call for me because now it's like all right like it almost was the right excuse too right mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like all right yeah my kid is here <laughs> right you know what i'm saying i gotta get things <laughs> in order. baby girl's money right yeah, now, yeah. yeah this this baby girl time yeah like, you know, so, <laughs> no hard feelings absolutely family seems to be like an underlying theme throughout the project i mean i've been introduced to uh richie rich was that your cousin? Yeah. You say he wrote your first rhyme for you? Yeah, you st- my cousin Rich. Do you remember that rhyme? Um, my name is Little J and I got the nine. You mess with me and I blow off your mind. They hating cuz I be on my grind and I always shine. Why you acting like you sell Glocks? Before I put a pipe bomb in your mailbox. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's boss! <laughs> Y'all was like six, seven, eight. Rapping that verse, Damn. not even knowing what the fuck I was talking about. Wow. <laughs> Yo, I remember one time, like, my mom was like, you know, she was hosting an event, like, she had her friends and over by the house, and like, they was asking me, what you wanna be when you grow up? And I was like, I wanna be a rapper. And then they like, you wanna be a rapper? Then you gotta know how to rap. You can mm. rap? I'm like, yeah, they like rap. And I rapped that verse. My mom looked at me like, she said, you know what a nine is? <laughs> <laughs> I said no. She said, "Listen, if you want to rap, you rap, but you make sure you stick to what you know." Mm. Wow, love that. That's what my dudes told me. That's what my dudes told me. You know what I'm saying? And from there, I looked it up. I was like, "Oh shit, that's a gun." <laughs> I was like, "Nine is a gun." But then, did you feel like you wanted you wanted to be a rapper? Like, when did that click kick in that that could be a reality for you? Oh, always. Yeah. It was always a reality. I mean, since I saw Biggie mm. on the TV, I don't know. It was something about Biggie that just made me feel from a very young age that I could be that. You know, I remember going to first grade for the first time and being introduced to poetry. And I was like, oh, like the way my brain registered it, it was like, this is what Biggie does. Mm. Mm. Wow. And then from there, I would write poems and rap structures. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it started right there. Right. Yeah. You mentioned that it always comes up a lot. The infamous meeting with Jay Z, right? Yeah. You say on the, on the record, you say, <laughs> "I peak game like Jay. That's, that's why, why he didn't sign us." <laughs> yeah. Can we speak a little about that? Why did Why did you go there with it? What like does that mean? Game at bay, like the <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, just pretty much being like, all right. So I read Jay Z's book, Decoded. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sir. And one of my biggest takeaways from that was when he had that meeting with Russell Simmons, mm. when he like, yo. I, he said he realized in that moment, I don't want to sign to these niggas. I want to be these niggas. Mm. So that was that. That was like mm. a nod to that bar. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And shout out to Jay. Dope, dope. I mean, I still obviously have a great relationship 
Yeah, no, yeah, we yeah. yeah, we good. I mean, you know, we cordial. Like, you know, I don't call him or anything, mm-hmm. but like every time we see yeah. each other, we have a great convo. And it's just last time you see me, actually, he was like, "Yo, it's hard for me to differentiate you from your character." <laughs> <laughs> so, which one? Unique? Unique. Yeah. You also work with John Manilli, a former yeah. uh, colleague of of Jay, Sigliere. Uh-huh. What's that like? like the Manili's kind of one of the biggest forces behind the scenes. Like, what's it like working with him? Yeah, man. Me and uh, Manili, we've been working for the last five years. It's great, man. We got this really good dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shit, I hope like uh, brand CEOs and shit don't be tuning in Rap Radar because expose <laughs> 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 our little joint. But like, we got this good bad cop, good cop like mm, dynamic. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, know what I'm works. saying? And it's it's a really good approach. We got this good chemistry. Yeah. And rapport, like Manili is my man for real. You know what I'm saying? He he has helped me turn my shit around, make all my shit make sense. Cause before I met him, my shit was a mess. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like all my shit was convoluted. I ain't it was all over the place mm-hmm. and now it's all together and organized. Yeah, so. Shout out John. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. You say you feel like you're the most underrated, but you at least you ain't the most underpaid, right? You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> One of the records that stood out to me too on the album uh, is Survivor's Guilt. You yeah, know, obviously yeah. we touched on like Capital Steez and um, your other uh, family member, uh, Junior B. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about him and like the impact that he had in your life? Yeah, man, Junior B was, that was my older cousin. It was Junior and it was my cousin Craig. Okay. Junior was the older brother, Craig was the younger brother. And like growing up, they were like, almost like these big brother figures in my life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And- um, You had a lot of cousins, Rel too? Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, my, I got a big ass family. Gotcha. I got a big ass family, and yeah, I'm grateful for that. I remember at the end of 2013, like I was really depressed. I was adjusting with the fame. It was like my second year in the game. Mm. Just lost my man a year ago, still dealing with that, not knowing how to deal with it, mm. you know, not knowing how to grieve. Just a little bit in over my head. And, um, you know, I was venting to Junior one day, and I told him, like, I need help. You know what I'm saying? And he was always somebody who was very responsible and very, you know, well put together and organized. So I knew I could kind of lean on him a bit. And he said, yo, I'm going to finish this semester of school and I'm going to come up there. And he came up the year 2014 and that whole year, like, really helped me get my shit together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was my day-to-day, my assistant, my tour manager. We lived together. Mm. Every day he woke me up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He's the first voice, first face I would hear last voice, last face I would see, you know what I'm saying? We was doing a tour at the end of 2014, a Europe tour, and he had to go home because he couldn't come to a certain country because his passport or whatever. Mm. And um, he went back home for Thanksgiving and that's when he had passed away oh. in a tragic car accident, like a, a block away from his crib. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, that was, that was real hard on the family, um, super hard on me too. I mean, I was, on the road, not knowing what to do. He was in the hospital. He was in the hospital for about like six days, six, seven days before he passed. So I didn't I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Like I felt like he would have wanted me to stay on the tour, so I stayed and mm. then I didn't get to see him before he passed. And you know, that shit always played a big part in my grieving mm. and everything, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. Um how how tough was it to record Survivor's Guilt and like, you know, really Lay it out there because you touch on a lot of the only thing yeah. that was tough about it was that I had to record it in front of other people, mm. but it was cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, was, it was my people, so I, yeah. you know, I wasn't bugged out too much. But, um, 
the recording process was good, man. It felt therapeutic to get that mm. out, to get that on record. Like yeah. even writing it was such a therapeutic process. And I also didn't write it. Like it just was coming to me. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just the whole song, the whole song, the whole first verse, it was just coming to yeah. me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just uh reciting it, reciting it over and over. And that's what makes it so, you know what I mean, real. Mm. Like I don't think I could even wrote that on paper. Mm. Like it, it had to be like that because of the way I was speaking, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. And even, think, even when like Stilo, you talk about mental health and how we look at that now compared to how we looked at it back then and how important we view it, right? Back then it was so much more taboo. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was so much more it taboo, was. like especially for black people. You know, mm -hmm. like black people are just starting to open up to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm 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 I've been telling a lot of my niggas like, you need to go to therapy. Yeah. And they still want some, mm -hmm. you know, like can't you say real niggas don't need therapy or whatever. <laughs> so how about with um, Steez's family? How have they received that record? Because I felt like you kind of, I, not say apologize, but just, you know, you spoke about their, your relationship with them. I mean, you know, I gave my perspective okay. on the situation. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't speak to them anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a relationship with them, so I'm not sure how they received it, you know? Mm -hmm. But my intention was definitely not for them to receive it any bad type of way. Right. And um, I think that's kind of understood in the record. If anything, I was looking forward to this igniting something to possibly have his music come out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how did Abso get on the outro of that record? And it was kind of so, fitting to have him on it because it felt like that record that he had on Book of Soul. Um, the one about Lori. Yeah, about Lori, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Ab got a homie named Doberger, which is like his brother, but he was also like my brother. You know, we got really close since 2014 when we all met. Like, Absol's my brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We got matching tattoos. We got 47. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my dog, Ab and Doe. So, Doe passed back in December. Mm. And that was, our, that was, like, I didn't go to L.A. without hitting Doe or seeing mm. Doe. It, I wouldn't even see Solo a mm. lot of the times. Yeah. But I would see Doe, and, and, like, that was me connecting with Solo. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? That was... His standing, pretty much, mm -hmm. you feel me? And, like, those just hold all of the homies down. Mm. All of the homies, you feel me? So when he passed, that hit us really hard. And with this new album coming out, like, I really wanted to channel his energy through it. So I asked for Solo. And, you know, Solo and Steez also had an interesting relationship, right. too. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was just a good way to kind of tie it together. I asked Solo to say some words, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? And... Drop Doberger name in there too, so that that's the homies right there. You feel me? I kind of like how like on the track list you don't see Nas, you don't see Absol on right. there. You know, it's just like you gotta listen Some to hitting, the record. Some hidden features in yeah. addition to the ones that's shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks yeah. for appreciating that. You got popping messages. What do you say about the album? I just said, I just said fire. You did say fire. Yeah, you did say fire. but you know, it was a genuine fire though. Like, <laughs> I was like, Nah, B dot really fucks with my album. <laughs> I, had, I had to text him. I'm like, Yo, this you album know, makes a lot and of lists too. B dot makes a lot of lists though. I'm scared. Yeah, we don't talk about that. But you know, not to say everybody's opinion is their opinion. But if you put me outside the top ten, motherfucker. Not to stay too morbid, but um, before you. Release this album. Um, you had a record with Russ and uh, Danger Mouse, uh, because right, and you yeah. talked about a shooting that happened on 34th Street, and yeah. you said it still haunts you. Can you yeah. talk about that moment? Man, I was real young, and I think I was with my mom's in like a tailor shop or something like that, right on um, Church Avenue and, okay. and 34th Street. 
it was just like out of nowhere, it was just mad shots just went on. Bop, 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 bop. You know what I'm mm. saying? And that was the first time that happened to me as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Because it was it was many other times after that, like just right being in shit. proximity of yeah. gunshots or whatever. But that was the first time, so that was like the real first traumatic experience. You know what I'm saying? And that just always like kind of run with me because I remember how terrified I was in that moment. Like mm. I was a little kid. I'm like, yo, is somebody just gonna run in this store and just shoot us? You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Yeah. Like. You don't know what to think at that age. It was dope to hear you and Russ connect on that record. We had an interview with him. He even talked about it on his book, uh, about how he met you before he became famous. Do you remember that moment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget that moment because even that day, like, he had this confidence about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, yo, so I pulled up to my um, my homie kid's super spot because mm -hmm. he got that, well, the old one mm -hmm. that he had in Brooklyn right on Broadway. And you know, just regular, we used to just pull up there and just hang out. Um, he had like a little makeshift soccer field in his backyard. Mm -hmm. We play soccer. So one day I pull up and Russ is there and you know, we just kicking there, we playing soccer and he just like, I, I liked his energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had this real confident energy. Like he seemed like he was very self-aware and knew what he wanted to do. And like, you know, we spoke and it was something about the exchange that I seen that he, what I saw, what he got from it. And it was interesting because years later in his book, he actually detailed the experience, which is how I actually perceived it. And what he said is that when he met me, like the fact that we were just there, we was playing soccer and I was just chilling. I was so humble. He said it made him see like, like, like it just feel the fire under him. Like he mm. was already had his plan, yeah, yeah. but meeting me like kind of cemented in his brain that he was gonna make it happen mm. for real, for real, you know what I'm saying? And I thought that that was dope because that's always my approach, that's always my intention. Like I always say like when fans or whoever approach me on the street, I try to always show love because you never know where they at in, that, in life in that moment, mm -hmm. where they were in life when they first heard your music or got introduced to you, what you did to them, how mm -hmm. you influenced them, like you would never know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they so may that, not be able to get it out the right way right. too. So that you know one saying? interaction could go such a long way, you know what I mean, based on the energy that you give to these mm -hmm. people, you know what I'm saying? Because that's really how it be. It's like, damn, like, you right here outside? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you yeah. outside? And I'm, you where I'm at, I could be where you at. Right. Like, that's like how the calculation work. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. If you could do it, I could do it. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, I could, I he right. right here, yeah. you know. So I, I, I definitely like to give people that experience. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's one of my, that's probably my sole purpose alone is to inspire. Mm. You're definitely inspiring us on this project, man. Yeah, man. We ain't gonna wait five years for another album. Oh no, 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 no. And if that happens, I need y'all to run me down. <laughs> I remember back in 2020, you tweeted that you finished the album like three times. Did you save any of that older material? Absolutely. I got like, there was like three albums, three or four albums that I did. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, the first two, which could just probably be a, 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 a combined into one, was depression. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a real somber project. And there's one song off of there called Ground Zero. I see my fans ask me about all the time because I had performed it on the Beast Coast tour like every night mm. as just an unreleased song. So like, yeah, I definitely have plans on that music coming out in the future, but um. I just got to find the right opportunities, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because I want to be very intentional with my music. Like, I want to make sure that, like, when it comes out, it's aligned with how my current feelings are mm -hmm. or yeah. my current sentiments are, you gotcha. know what I mean? So, Which song are you the most proud of on this project? It's a great question. 
You talking your shit on a lot of them, man. I really love Show Me. Mm, okay. I really love Show Me. I just think it's like it was a uh, just the way, just the whole way it came about. Like that was I've never detailed a situation that I experienced so perfectly. Mm. I feel like into words, and it's just the mood of it, the man I trust sample. Like, I'm just really glad I put that on there. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely want to tune into that lane a little bit more. Like, I look at Show Me, like, in the in the vein of Love Is Only A Feeling. You know what I mean? It's like that lane. And Love Is Only A Feeling is my biggest song. Like, I think people have an affinity or an appreciation of love for my love songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a couple of them on there. Yeah. yeah. I like Make Me Feel, Cruise Control. Even uh -huh. just having Diddy's presence on there over the DeBar sample. Like, oh, you no, can't no, go wrong yeah, with that. Yeah. When you talk about my favorite songs, I get it. Then they change every week, but the baddest uh, make me... That whole one through... Yeah, like, nah, they hit you in the head. It That's does. Like, yeah. yeah, man. Especially in the Head High is another one. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like Head High is just going to be one of those songs that no matter what year, no matter whatever you played in, it's always going to be strong. It's always going to have that vibe. Like, to me, that's just a quintessential hip-hop record. Right. You know, it's storytelling, fucking flow, mm -hmm. sound. It's just, I love that record. It's right? ill on Eulogy, because I didn't even realize it was you on the second verse. Oh, yeah, yeah, when I pitched my voice. Yeah, you pitched your voice. Like, who yeah, the fuck yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's just Joey. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, word up. Absolutely. Thank you, Joey, brother. Glad no you doubt, sir. Thank you, guys. Album of man. the year contender, man. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Be that said, it. I said it. Be that said, it. It's up Be there, that man. Said it. I'm hearing. I ain't even had to say it myself. You know what I'm saying? Some rappers become here self-proclaiming. <laughs> I'm just letting the people speak. <laughs> nah, it's a shit. There's people that I've known that not necessarily were Joey Badass fans prior that have, but like, yo, you know that Joey Badass album It's like right. kind of like a word of mouth album, so. Right. I told you your bars on there, like it's definitely my favorite project you put out. Thank you, Absolutely. thank you. I appreciate that. Right. Here we go. It's my favorite project I put out too. I think it's it the needs best. Needs to be better. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think my best project is still All American Badass. Mm. Yeah, really. Yeah. Okay, we'll start that debate. Debatable. <laughs> we'll start that debate in the comments. <laughs> yeah, Joey Badass. Rap Radar. Yeah. Rap Radar is Interval Presents original production from Hyperhouse, produced by Laura Wasser. Hosts and producers, Elliot Wilson and Brian B. Miller. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Executive producer, Paul Rosenberg. Editing and sound design by Dylan Alexander Freeman. Recording engineer, Mike Urban. Visual director, Josh Perez. Operations lead, Sarah Yu. Business development lead, Sheffy Ellenswag. And marketing lead, Samara Still. Make sure to follow Rap Radar and listen on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts.